Hey guys, welcome to Ringsiders. Jamie and Callum here today. How are you doing, Callum? I'm great, thank you, Jamie. Cool. Straight into it, we have a huge guest. So, so honoured for this. Uh, the one and only Vampiro. Thank you for joining us. How are you, sir? Well, that's a, that's an urban legend that I'm a huge man. I'm not that big. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, are you, uh, are you in Vegas, is it? No, I'm actually in Canada. Uh, Canada. When this virus thing started, the Canadian government called us all home, all the Canadians, and uh, I've been in a, a small town called Thunder Bay, Ontario, uh, uh -huh. since March. So I'm just kind of chilling here in my garage. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, it's the same over here. We've uh, we've been in lockdown. The, the starting to ease it very slightly at the moment, and um, but we'll we'll see what happens. We've got a we've got a useless prime minister. So I mean, we don't know what's what's going yeah. on. I, yeah. I every, everybody's attacking world leaders all over the place and yeah I well I was, I was useless all of the time not just now he's yeah. always been useless <laughs> I, I I I listen to it every day <laughs> and my my response is uh whether he's a good or bad prime minister or a good or bad man he's just a man and yeah I would I would much rather be doing what I'm doing than have the responsibility of the world looking at me because no matter what you do, you're, you're fucked, right? So True. Yeah, that, yeah, that's very true. No matter what you do as a world leader, you're always going to be wrong most of the time to most people. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I probably hit on things where he can't really help but fuck up. You know, it's just the, the nature of the job. <laughs> It, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it is. It is what it is, man. So tell it me, is. what do you guys got going on? Uh, not much really. I've got. I work at the hospital, so I've got a, a couple of random days off. And Callum, bless him, is housebound. But luckily, we're we're in the house together, so we have company at least. But uh, yeah, it's just been quiet. Yeah, we've just been chilling. Uh, we've we've been. What I don't know. I know you're familiar. You're kind of into like your, your conspiracies and cult stuff, aren't you? Um, we've been Very watching much this. So. We've been watching this series called The Case of Skinwalker Ranch. Um, okay. We've just been binging that. So I, mean, I don't know if you... I'm sure you're familiar with Skinwalker Ranch, aren't you? But... I've been there. Oh, oh You've wow. You've been there? Yeah. What was that, yeah. What was that like? Uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I've been... Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, I, I've been studying the paranormal and, and occultist stuff for for decades uh right now I'm, I'm dedicating almost all my time to uh ritual magic studying and becoming a ritual magician um i absolutely love the history of all the religions the worlds the rituals uh it fascinates me so every time i, can, I get an opportunity to see something like skinwalker ranch uh i used to go uh, excited and, and hoping something was going to happen. Now I know how to go and make something happen. And um, I, I've done it in England. I've done it in Germany. I've done it in Ireland. I've done it in Italy. I spent the night at Alistair Crawley's house in Italy. I've, I've, I've done a lot of things and um, for education, right? Experience. And yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely love it. I mean, your royal family. I mean, if you take them, those, my, those, the, that family is history. I mean, they're direct descendants of the original formation of the human race by aliens, if you believe in that stuff. And yeah. uh, I, I certainly do. I've seen proof, and uh, it's, it's fascinating. I can't wait to get over there and, and, and study more. 
Yeah, it does. We were literally just saying like how much we want to go to Skinwalker Ranch because Callum's more of a skeptic than I am. I'm. I might be more of a skeptic, but the the thing that I I think is important is regardless of whether or not you believe in it, it's still interesting. Like it's it's extremely interesting. But uh, I, I just finished graduating. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you guys will want to talk about wrestling sooner or later, but yeah, I don't, we'll I don't, I don't care about wrestling. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, like I've been studying and I just studied, uh, I just graduated from a program in the university uh, or psychology to help me with my protocol and practices and magic more, just the human mind. And it's almost like the, the Ouija board. You guys ever play that? Yeah, yeah. So that has nothing to do with the paranormal or the occult. It was a kid's game that was made in the, at the end of the 1920s, and it was made for children. Yeah. But they've turned it into what it is. Why it works is because at the back of your subconscious, your mind wants an answer. Whether you believe it or not, it wants an answer. So it controls, depending on your thought process and your dedication, of the energy that you're putting out in that moment. So if you went to Skinwalker Ranch as a skeptic, but you believed in something, and you are willing to accept it, it's, you're going to manifest it, whether it's a sound, an energy, or something. So it doesn't matter if you go there and it really is haunted or it's an urban legend. Something will happen because you will manifest it. And that's just the way it works anywhere in the world. So it's quite interesting. So, yeah. It's the same with a lot of things in life, though, isn't it? Like yeah. your brain will fill in those gaps, which it wants you to fill in. Yes. Yeah. There's a whole reason for it. But, yeah, it... it I, I mean, if you go there and you do certain rituals and you put yourself in a certain state and you use hallucinogenics and you, you do magic and things like that, yeah, well, you'll go deeper into another realm. But um, it's interesting stuff. You just have to understand that with every action, there's a reaction. So even though it's, oh, my God, wow, nothing happened, it'll happen sooner or later because they come and they, they, they collect on their bill. So it, it happens. I'll be yeah. completely honest. I want nothing more than to be wrong. Like, I don't really believe in or aliens or anything like that but I want to be wrong because them existing is way more exciting than them not existing if that makes any sense like I'd rather that be the case I'd rather we have aliens and ghosts in this world because that's cool if you ask me I just need to see things to be able to believe them and okay. I want to see it I want nothing more than to go to Skinwalker Ranch and see all this weird stuff I want to see ghosts but until I do I can't really get past that mental block and Okay. Yeah. Well, you, whether you believe it or not, whether you study it or not, what you just did is part of a magic ritual. Everything that you do think or say affects your present reality and your very close future. So if you and I are talking and, and I say, fuck you, you're stupid and, and that's bullshit, there's paranormal stuff and there ain't nothing there, you're going to react to me in a negative manner or a defensive manner, or you're going to say, I knew it. So saying sounds, words, attitudes, intentions, that's ritual magic. So if you say, I want to believe, and I've spent 30 years of my life, yes, pro wrestling and television and movies and music and being a celebrity and all that stuff, but I have spent, 30 years of my life of dealing with Templars, of being in the Masons, of doing occult practices, doing these things, 
not because I go to a store and buy a book. I go and I do it and I stay until it's done. And I'm telling you, you better believe it. Mm. Mm. I you believe better, it. You better believe it. Yeah. You better, you, you better believe it. Yeah. I but said, it, but it's not like you think it is. It's not like you think it is, but it's, it's 100% real. Well, we did just say we want to do more research into it, don't we? Because we, believe it or not, we, we want to do an occult podcast as well. And we want to start doing stuff on that. And we want to do a lot more research on things. So we uh, should do it, the three of us. Absolutely. We yeah. actually said we that. Did say we did say, would you come back and do an occult with us? No, no we, should, we should make it a weekly thing. Absolutely. I, I, I'm totally, 100%. We that. did just say that before we was recording. Yeah. Like, I'm sure we're going to talk about occult stuff. Let's get him on. Yeah, Callum said it. that. <laughs> Let's do it. Three, three is a, a universal uh, magical number, and so is the triangle. It's it's a whole thing. Yeah. So if uh, I'm yeah, in, well, if you guys, if you guys want to set it up, I'll do it. Absolutely. We'll do it, we'll yeah, do I mean, it. I'm all, I'm a mason as well myself. I'm, I'm familiar with uh, the number. Three. So you know. Yeah. Um, so it's maybe something we could talk on an occult. Maybe. Uh, where 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 are you in the in your journey? Like, what level are you at? Oh, I'm uh, I'm just a, I'm a master mason. I haven't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're gonna eventually choose where you want to go. There's a lot more for me to learn. Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, if I go go the Templar route, my friend. Yeah. There's the information is is mind-boggling. So you being a mason, you should know. Uh, you know when when the whole temp uh, we can we can change subjects anytime you want but this is such an interesting story yeah uh and it's a masonic story and yeah. it's actually a templar story and it's not giving anything away but it's telling you the truth so here i'm going to make you a believer right now and you can research this when the templars were fighting with the catholic church and any other church trying to evade religion manipulating society enough that they would take control of the world well they didn't do very well um the templars took their secret they didn't find a cup the holy grail is not a cup it's a place it's a and it's a frequency in that place remember what i just said it's a frequency okay. that is the that is the angelic heaven heavenly uh, language, mathematical frequencies, sound frequencies at a certain decibel level. That's a, so in saying that, they took this knowledge. The reason all of the churches and everybody that at that time wanted to stop the Templars, it wasn't because of their power, it wasn't because of their banking, it was because there is a way to talk to God. You can do it, you can do it, I can do it. It's our right because we were put here in human form to find the solution to go back. There's your resurrection. All right, let me, so weird stuff. The story is Portugal. If you break down the word, por tu gral, por tu gral, through you, the grail goes. Wow. The, temp yeah. the, the Templars formed the country of Portugal. Everything in Portugal is Templar oriented. All the Masonic things, the churches, the temples, the underground caverns in those churches to do these rituals, to find the frequency, to make contact are right there. You can see it and do it today. And it costs nothing, but you have to believe and you have to be initiated. So when I'm telling you that it works, my friend, because I've seen it and done it and I do it and I'm doing it again in September and I'm gonna document it, mm. you best believe but you've got to do the work. Does that make yeah. sense to you? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. How long have you been a Mason? Just out of curiosity, well, you were. I'm I'm going on my sixth year as a master Mason, but I think you're born a Mason because Mason's a word, right? If you have this in you, it's good men doing better things to make better yeah. men better people, right? Yeah. I mean, we're born that way. Masons is just another name, although it is a, a monster fraternity and it means so many things to so many people. Uh, in reality, the original Templar texts had to be rearranged into a coded language that we in the Masons use. So is it real? It's more real than you can imagine, my friend. Will you ever detect it and be told all of the ins and outs? No. But can you have the proof in your hands? Yes, you can. Mm. Yes, you can. Yeah. I always, people always ask me about the Masons. I always say to them, there's, there's so much that I will never know. And they just think I'm bullshitting. It's like, ah, oh, it's just a, it's just a little club for men to go and sit and have a cigar and stuff. I'm like, it's, I'm like, it's fascinating. I it really did is. think that before you told me. I, I used to think it was just like a men's club, like it's a, where men go and talk about weird things. But a, then Jamie kind of opened my eyes as to how much work they do for the people in your community without you even realizing, and it, how much they actually do, yeah. like without you realizing how like how much work they're doing how much good stuff, how much positive stuff to do. And I was like, okay, I respect it in a whole new level now. I still can't claim to know what it's fully about, but my view on it has changed. Uh, do, have you heard of the Gnostic Bible? The yes. Dead Sea Scrolls? Okay. That, the Gnostic Bible is the original Catholic religion. Jesus Christ spoke and wrote that Bible. Mm. Nobody else, all the other shit that's out there didn't come. It's a version of, yeah. okay? Ritual magic is basically just the language of frequencies and vibrations. That's all it is. Practices, chanting, humming, singing in church. Those are rituals. The Gnostic Bible teaches you how to get into a mental state where you have these frequencies. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. So, so when the Masons, part of ritual magic is disguised because you have to break up the puzzle. One of the things we teach is three acts of kindness. So what do the Masons do? They're always trying to do better things in the community. That's disguised from the original language. Do kindness. Why? Because it attracts positive energy and vibrations, and you are always on a level where you can connect faster. Mm. So when you hear these little bits and pieces, if you knew and you did the math and you put it together and you learned it and studied it and lived it, my friend, I am telling you now, you will be convinced instantly. I want instantly. To. I want yeah. to. I really do. I, it's not that I, I'm just like pessimistic and don't want to believe anything. It's quite the opposite. Well, I, maybe, I, maybe I could put your name forward sometime, Callum. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to get, uh, keep talking. I, I have to, I'm going to get something and we'll finish this interview. And whenever it's over, I'll show you some magic. Um, oh, no. Okay. But, but, I, but, but I'm just going to call my mom for something, but you keep talking. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I was going to show you actually uh, an alien artifact. Oh, I really? Light, I need a light to do it. Uh, but it's but it's basically well, it's this, but you won't see the effect. Right. This is a a Sintamani Chintamani stone. This is part of a meteor that came from another galaxy that crashed into Earth and created life. Very hard to find, very hard to get. But when you hold the light under it, this black rock turns into clear glass, and you can see life on the inside. Oh. And it comes from another universe. It's a myth. So this right there will take the doubts out of your head that there are um, other things happening. 
Like, I'm, I'm interested. You piqued my interest yeah, with that. That is, that is <laughs> I mean, I could talk about this all, all night now. I'm like, yeah, so wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Talk about wrestling. yeah. I mean, because I'll be honest with you as well. I'm a, I'm a big Bigfoot believer. And is that something you were interested in as well? Do you? Absolutely not. No. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll stick to vampires and the occult and the history and, and, and aliens. But yeah, Bigfoot. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. Even, I don't feel that one. You're a big Bigfoot fan, aren't you? I, I, love Bigfoot. I do love Bigfoot. I'm fascinated by Bigfoot, but we'll fuck that. We'll forget that one. Then. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, should we talk about wrestling for a little bit? I guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess we might as well. You know, you're here. But, um, it's like I, I was reading, you got you started in like 1984 in Montreal. Um, yeah. International wrestling from Montreal. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah. How, yeah. What What got you into that then? Was you always a wrestling fan growing up? Or? I was. Uh, um, a hockey player, uh, really athletic in school. Yeah. But at, at that time in my life, that's when the Sex Pistols happened, the Clash, the Ramones, uh, the Stray Cats, all these, well, the Stray Cats were, well, in Canada, we, we the Sex Pistols had already come and gone, but they were just gaining their notoriety in Canada at that time. So all that alternative lifestyle really appealed to me. So I, kind of started to stray away from sports which was heartbreaking for everybody in my family but i came up with the alternative of i want to combine what i do with sports with my love for alternative music and i meshed them and my idea was to be a kind of a mix of billy idol as an athlete yeah mm. But then I got the Anne Rice books and I started reading about, because I was always into the occult, into vampires and stuff. But when I read the, um, the interview, not interview, with the vampire Lestat, when I read that and I saw that there's this guy who's a vampire, because I loved the story of Dracula and I related to it so much. And he's a street musician and he's telling everybody he's a vampire. I was like, that's exactly who I am. And in 1984, Vampiro was born. Lestat is a fascinating character, though. Like uh, the, the intro yeah. to the books, where he's describing himself and yeah. how narcissistic he is as well at times. Um, yeah. I've always found Lestat to be a fascinating character in anything. Yeah, I love it, and uh, it was just that was kind of where I got the influence to mold the perception of how I wanted to present this, and uh, here we are, thirty-nine years later. Uh, whereabouts in Canada are you currently? Did you say Montreal? Thunder Bay, Ontario. 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 Okay. So, it's uh, in the middle of nowhere. You're a hockey fan, right? When you were younger. Yeah, when I was younger, but I'm much more into football now. I'm a football fan, 100. Okay. Yeah. Which hockey team do you support? Because I'm a Vancouver fan. But um, I don't really have a team anymore. It was Montreal, the Toronto. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. But no, I'm in, I'm really uh, because of living in Mexico and all those kind of things. I really got into football, European football. Um, mm. I, I like I like some English football. I like the Italian league. The Champions League is is great. It's a great it's a great thing to watch. It's exciting. I I, I enjoy the whole hooligan thing. I enjoy the closeness of the fans to the pitch. Um, I I just like the you know that the. the the gangsters, you know, they show up in suits, and I, I just like I just like that whole romanticism yeah. of what it is to be involved in football. I don't okay. know. I, yeah. I just like yeah. it. Yeah. 
We've just got it back, actually. It's just started um, back in the UK. Obviously, we've had a, we've had a three-month postponement. Yep. It's just actually starting. It's, um, it's on tonight in about another hour or so. Um, but Callum's not a football fan, so I, um, I won't torture him with that. But I'm the same. I'm a huge football fan. It's, it's an amazing atmosphere to be a part of it when you're there as well. And like you said, the, the hooligan stuff. You know, I, I've watched a lot of films like, on like the fans and things like that. And all these rival gangs that they meet up. The football match is just there. They meet up to fight, and it's it's a fascinating thing. There's a quite a few good films. There's, there's Football Factory, there's The Fame. Uh, yeah. Scott, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know what, I'm not really a big supporter of the violence. I certainly get it. Yeah. But, you know, just, just looking right, dressing right, being yeah. part of a, just that, it's, it's, it is what it is, man. It's just a cool mm-hmm. thing. I like it. I like it. It is, yeah. Uh, speaking of Montreal, I mean, we watched, um, we had Chris Van Vliet on, um, a while back, and we watched your interview with him as well. And I noticed you said that when you uh, started in Montreal, you got to be around guys like Abdullah the Butcher and Bruiser Brody. And guys, I mean, what was that like? So I'm a huge Brody fan. I mean, what was that like being around him? When I was there, this was before um, the WWE. It was still WWWF. Yeah, they were only they didn't even have national television. You know, the AWA was around Texas, Calgary, there was Japan, um, there was stuff in England, there was historic, Mm -hmm. uh, with the haystacks, I believe were the big names, you know, things like in that, that, that era. So I was very fortunate to be in the dressing room with the, the Samoans, with Bruiser Brody. Um, the road warriors were, were brand new. They didn't, the road warriors were still in AWA. Um, Rick Flair would come in. Rick Martel was there. Nick Bockwinkle, Dino Bravo. Um, I, I, I got a very, very important education mm-hmm. in the dressing room. How to behave to your coworkers, how to handle your character, how to man, um, manage your persona, the respect for the office, all these things that today I believe really don't exist. Um, you know, then sometimes I remember Rick Martel and Dino Bravo would stay six, seven hours after the match in separate dressing rooms to make sure there were no fans around to catch them leaving together. Things like that. So I, I was, um, I didn't understand it, but I understood that I was involved in something very important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm an old school guy, so I'm, I'm with you. I, I love things like that, you know, the, the traveling differently. Um, I notice you, you don't really watch much of today's product, do you, as well? Um, no, I can't. I, I can't. Uh, we're, we're kind of, we, we feel like that as well at times, um, trying to watch like a Raw or a SmackDown. It's, it's becoming a difficult thing to do. And I mean, anytime, even like AEW, uh, anytime that the talent feel they have a right to dictate the direction of the company mm-hmm. instead of playing on the team and making sure the direction is the right direction. Uh, anytime that you have a creative department that is a writing team that has never been in the ring, so they don't know the punches, the chops, the road life, the sleeping with sore back and wake. And if you have, and then you have talent who have never been anywhere 
have gone maybe to a wrestling school or have gone through the WWE or the AEW program for a couple of weeks and they've done a few months on the indie circuit. If you do not know how to tell a story, if you do not know how to make the fan invest their emotion in you, you will never draw people to the arena on your own. You'll always have to be part of a company and a company-wide storyline. If you do not know how to be a superstar, you have no right to open your mouth. Mm. And all of these kids who are on TV and they're walking the walk, like they, they, the business owes them something. I, I'm against that because I respect them and make your money and have a great life. God bless you. Don't get hurt. Remember to pass the torch and do it in a good way. But the wrestling business has been here a lot longer than we have, and it'll be here a lot long after we are gone. Zach Wilde, who's a guitar player for Ozzy yeah. Osbourne, um, he told me, never forget those who came before you. And that stuck with me. Um, I just feel that the, the too many people know the magic tricks. So why watch the magician? Mm. Yeah. That, that, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. totally. Like if Vampiro shows up, it's different. Because Vampiro put his time in. Vampiro has a broken body. Vampiro did this. I paid my dues for 40 years. So I have a different presence. I walk different. The reaction towards me is different. And I'm very blessed and fortunate for that. And I try to pass it on. But the new stuff today, uh, look, man, do you know what Krav Maga is? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a black belt in Krav Maga. I'm a, I'm a SWAT instructor. I'm a police instructor. I'm in the Guardian Angels. I'm in the streets. Mm -hmm. I've been in enough altercations. I'm not a tough guy, but I've seen violence too much. If pro wrestling simulates violence and creates characters that take you out of re your reality so that you can lose yourself in the fantasy of the moment to get something out of it so you can go home a better person, then that person has done their job. Does that make sense? Yeah. And now, Absolutely. if you watch these guys flip, fly, run, dive, catch, move, this, that, if you fight me on the street like that, I'm going to stand there and watch you like you're a fucking idiot. And yeah. you're going to, I'm going to say, okay, you run up the wall and do a backflip. And I'll stand here and wait for you to get repositioned before I hit you with a chair that you can duck on. The violence is not believable. Mm -hmm. And that's horrible because the world is too violent as it is. But you're going to see a wrestling show where there is good versus evil. There has to be something that provokes that emotion. Right now, there's not. There's a bunch of guys who think they're acrobats, and that's why we should throw money at them. Fuck that. So, no, I don't watch the new product. I kind of agree, to be honest. Yeah. I can't argue with yeah, that. I'm not, I'm not a wrestler. I've never been in the business. But for me, it's, it's storytelling. Like you said, good versus evil. I saw an interview with The Undertaker the other day, and he said, we use the moves to tell the story. And I thought, that's a perfect analogy. It is. You're telling me this story by these moves. I don't want to see these guys doing flips and flips and flips and no, no logic to it. Why, why are you doing this? Um, it makes no sense to me. Here's, I, the, here's, here's the best way to understand it. You've all seen very bad kung fu movies, right? Yes. You can understand it. So yes. you see the blocks, the punches, the ducks, the flying kicks, bam, 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 punch, yeah. punch, duck, punch. And the guy's getting fucking hit 200 million times. Motherfucker, if you get hit by Mike Tyson one time, you're not getting up. Yeah, hell that's yeah. Believe it. So when you watch these movies, you're like, yeah, that's a great dance. 
but it doesn't really make me want to learn martial arts because that guy just did every move in the book. He hit his opponent seven million times. The guy doesn't even break a sweat. Fuck martial arts. It's not real violence. But if you're watching the same movie and the bad guys come in a restaurant and they push the tables out of the way and they're bang and they're in there and there's one guy dressed in white, hair and a ponytail. He doesn't even look up and he's eating his rice and, everybody, and these bad guys are trying to get his attention and there's a fly buzzing around his head. Boom, and with his chopsticks, he grabs that fly and then he lets it go and he keeps eating. He just told those guys, your Kung Fu is fucking bullshit. I'm a bad motherfucker. I'm so bad that I'm not even going to look at you and put down this chopsticks because you, you just suck. And you're yeah. like, holy fuck, the movie just changed. That motherfucker is the guy I want to watch. And yeah. what did he do? He told the story by doing nothing. I that's the, that. that's I pro wrestling. That. That's a really right? good analogy. That, like that might be the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. So that is why today's product is a fashion statement. It's popular. It's not going to endure. And that's sad. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of um, like the, the current products, I can't help but find myself wanting to see you in a certain position in today's products. And that's in AEW. And that's because I loved your story with Pentagon so much as did so many fans. That was one of the best stories I've seen in a long time. And I was actually telling Jamie about it the other day, and I was saying it still gives me goosebumps to this day when you were revealed as the as Pentagon's master, and he bowed down to you. And I was like, I got goosebumps watching that. And that was the, the emotion you were saying about is that's the emotion you should be feeling. Like, you, you took me out of that moment from reality and put me straight into that story, and I felt every single part of it. And to this day, I still want to see you and Pentagon doing more together just to, to feel that again, if that makes sense. Thank you. And yes, it does. He doesn't need me. He's a, he's a great guy. We're great friends. He, he's mm -hmm. doing phenomenal. It would, be it, would, it, would, it would be extremely successful. But I'm... I've fixed my injuries and my, my health problems. And I really want to go out on the road as an independent wrestler and do small shows, connect with the fans, enjoy yeah. it because I love it. Spend time in the dressing room with new people, help the new generation and just enjoy this. I don't need the fame. I don't yeah. need the applause. I don't need AEW or WWE to pat me on the back. They don't need me. I don't need them. I would much rather just go out there and, and uh, make the next Pentagon. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think it's just me from like a, a biased fan point of view, enjoying something that I'd seen so much and thinking, oh, I want to see that again. But like you said, even if you did it again, might not have been, it might not be anything like the first time. It, you know, it, it can't I, be I'm not there, good. not, not there because all of the people, 90% of their roster doesn't get it. Um, and it's not their fault. It's just the environment doesn't set up for it. In Lucha Underground, it was so unexpected. We took a whole year to do it. No, Pentagon didn't know about it till that day, till we were going in the ring. He didn't know. He had no idea. He had no idea. That's so cool. So he had he no idea. And the crowd did as well. Yeah, nobody knew. None of the dressing room knew. Nobody knew. We kept that's it a secret. Cool. That's, that's that what I love. That's, that's what I love, you know. It's the element of surprise. Like, like, when you get spoilers now, I don't want to see spoilers. I want that. That element of surprise is what I want. I want to sit there and be like, fuck, 
And that's why it worked, because you just said it. The fans, we tell them before the show, no spoilers. And everybody, it was the same fans every week. They were so loyal. Mm -hmm. And they respected that. And they didn't want the secrets to get out. And they kept it a secret, because that match went on TV almost nine months after we did it. And yeah. they kept it a secret. So that shows the respect that fans had for good storytelling. Nobody knew. There was no. not one leak on the, on the date sheets, on Reddit or anything, social media. Nobody knew. And that was the beauty of that storyline, is up until the last second, you still didn't know he was Pentagon's master. And when you revealed it to be yourself, like I said, I got goosebumps because it was just perfect, every single part of it. And yeah. I've heard him talk about a wrestling angle as passionately as he did to me the other night about that. That's how well it worked. Yeah. It's, and it is, it's, it's fantastic. And like you said, Lucha Underground was the perfect environment for doing that yeah. kind of story. Like, yeah. that cinematic universe. It was almost like it was underground. You wasn't meant to be watching it. It was like a fight club kind of thing. And yep. everything about it was just perfect. And I do miss Lucha Underground. Um, yeah. I think we all do. But it, yeah. it, something something is beautiful. It's like the Sex Pistols. One record. That's it. Make yeah. that fucking impact. And then influence indie music for the rest of time. Lucha Underground changed the face of pro wrestling worldwide. And that's what had to happen. Yeah. It, had to, it had to stop. It had yeah, to. I mean, there was no else. Yeah. So, I mean, I, um, a guy I used to work with, um, not even, it wasn't even a wrestling fan at the point. And he even says to me, oh, I've discovered Lucha Underground. I said, it's the only wrestling I watch. I'm, like, I'm, I'm a fan now. And I, I just, I'm like, yes, this made me so proud. So it was making new fans, people who weren't wrestling fans. Yeah, yeah. Become yeah. fans because of Lucha Underground. Well, you could watch yeah. it more like a movie than yeah. wrestling. It, you didn't have to watch it as wrestling. You could watch it as a film. Mm. And I think yeah. that was the great thing about it. I mean, they had a great team producing that show. I mean, it was, it, it was... It was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I'm be very proud that I was a part of it. I, I think you, you're right with the, like, it had to stop, because say it did go on for another 10 seasons, it might lose that magic that it had. And if you have a band who has, is a one-hit wonder, they're always kind of, like, looked back at as, like, something special, whereas hopefully, like, Lucha made its point, changed the industry, and then it stopped, but... You never know if it carried on going. You know what wrestling fans are like at times. I'm not. I'm guilty of this too. They the turn on things, and I think Luke that's, went that right amount of time. That's normal because people's attention spans. It's like The Walking Dead. The first six years, it was fucking incredible. But okay, mm -hmm. let's move on. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not cool. It's not cool anymore. Yeah. It's it's it's. Yeah. I, I think I, I Lucha Underground should have stopped after three years. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, I, mean, I, I actually gave up on The Walking Dead after about six or seven seasons. I just, yeah, it was going on for, for going on sake. It was, it was just, let's get to the end. Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, totally agree with that. But, but again, yeah, honestly, I, I'm, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. That angle, I've never heard him speak about anything so passionately. That angle, you and Pentagon. Um, so, that's how special it was. Yeah. And that's what I mean. It's moments like that. That's why we're fans, isn't yeah. it? We, 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 there's very few matches where I remember every move in the match, but I always remember how the match made me feel. And you, you watch the wrestling for the, the feeling it gives you. You don't watch the match to see a big move, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. like, 
I've always, especially as I'm getting older, I, I want to be, I want to watch wrestling to feel emotions. I don't, I don't care if you can do a 630 cent on Canadian Destroyer. Like, that's impressive, but I, I, it doesn't really make me a fan. I want you to make me feel something. When you watch Rocky movies, why do you watch them? Because he's a good boxer? Or do you want to see him come back from near death and fight one more round? That's it, that, yeah. Exactly that's that. It. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. That. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. 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 You watch yeah. Rocky because you want to see him do one more match, one more round, get yeah. revenge for Apollo Creed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it does. It's such a good feeling. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. But, um, I, I'm going to go back a bit, actually, now. I, am I okay to actually... You was there at WCW when it sort of ended. So I've always wanted to ask, really. I've always been curious about, was it as bad as you hear people say, like, you know, the inmates were in the asylum, obviously with the end with WWE buying it out. Uh, was it as bad towards the end as people have stated? Worse. Really? And AEW and WWE right now are, are on the same path. Yeah. But it was, it, it was worse. It was worse. It was worse than what you hear. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, I, I said to Callum last night, didn't I? I feel like WWE are almost like they are WCW now with the way they're going. Uh, and Yeah, I think AEW is, is going to have a bad fall because mm-hmm. WCW went out of business because there was a handful of the top stars that were making way too much money and they had say in their matches. So we would have the program ready to go and if it was this wrestler has four minutes to do a promo but he would do it for nine minutes yeah it was like then we've got to rearrange the whole show so some guys matches were cut angles were destroyed it it was it imploded because of the talent not because of vince mcmahon or the office the talent sunk the ship 100 Mm percent yeah yeah was was there ever any talk of you going to do with WWE when the uh, the bot no not, not not really they didn't want me they made it clear that that they didn't think I could do anything there they they didn't think that my character uh there was anything creatively that they could come up with that would work for my character that's wow. what they told me that, uh, personally I think that I found that very hard to believe I mean that that to me is a perfect character. I mean, I'm I gonna guess. I'm gonna say the obvious, but I mean, give me Vampiro versus the Undertaker. I mean, yeah. My God, that would have been the greatest thing ever to me. I know people are going about Sting and the Undertaker, but Vampiro Undertaker for me would just writes itself. I'm just it's not not a lot. I've met Sting and he's a lovely guy, but Sting to me is a guy in face paint. You. Ah, Vampiro. That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, you alluded yeah. to it in your Chris Van Vliet interview, yeah. whereas you actually are the person you are on TV. Like, everything about it, you're interested in the punk rock side yeah. of it, the occult, everything. That is you. And yeah. with Sting, it was just a, a gimmick. Yeah, and that's and, not a knock. I'm like, I've met Sting, he's a lovely guy, that's not a knock on him, but if someone said to me 20 years ago, when Vince fought the Mr. W, I would have said Vampiro Undertaker over Sting Undertaker all day long. It just it writes itself. It's perfect. I mean, wow, it is what it is, man. Yes, yeah, wow, it is. It is. Uh, I know. Right. I have talk- Sorry, but I prefer on. to be. Uh, I prefer to be uh, like Motorhead. I'll just turn up the volume, and I will play. Uh, I will play in the clubs that I play in, and yeah. 
I'm Vampiro and I play motherfucking rock and roll, and that's it. That's it. Man. I, I feel it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm ahead for life. I've got you know. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, I I don't need the uh, the lights and sparkles and bells and whistles. Yeah. When you come to see me, it's going to be leather jackets, uh, stale beer, dirty jeans, and loud, loud music. That's pretty much it. I don't think you realize how much me and you are alike. I mean, this is yeah. I, I'm exactly the same. I'm exactly the same. I'm just. Yeah, still be a loud music. Turn the music up as loud as it'll go. Perfect. I'm gonna I'm gonna close the window because my no worries, dude. My neighbor is cutting the grass. <laughs> Brilliant. I did just start hearing something now. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, guys. That's cool. Man. That's cool. Okay. I, another one I've got to ask you about as well. Um, obviously, you was uh, tag team champions with Muta. Yes. What, what was what was he like? Um, I'll be honest, he's, he's someone I'm not fully familiar. I've not watched a lot of his stuff. I know, obviously, who Muta is. But what, what was that like, um, working with him? It was the greatest experience ever. He's my hero. Mm. He's my, my, the one I molded my in-ring work after, to an extent. He was the first heavyweight to do all the, um, the high flying type moves, the quickness, the high kicks, the martial arts style. He just had, all, he, he's, he's great. He's what pro wrestling should be. He's, he's a pro and he's a great person. Um, I felt he was very disrespected there. Uh, when we lost the belts, I begged the office to please pin me. Uh, out of respect for who he is in my yeah. eyes, and I said, "Please," and they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they they wanted to pin him, and I was like, "Oh, what? I, I yeah. mean, it's as a guy literally coming to the office and saying, look, pin me.' You know, you think it's good? All right, sure, whatever." But was that was I, that a personal thing against him? Then was it? Or? Um, I just think that it, uh, again when you get people that are in a creative role who do not understand the culture, yeah. the ethics, the hierarchy, the respect that exists between us, um, they make bad decisions. And the people that were in charge of that storyline that day had no clue, no clue. And, uh, you know, they were I was talking on the phone, eating a sandwich, talking to somebody, and it was like, yeah, 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 go ahead. And it was like, yeah. Put your fucking phone down. Stop stuffing your face. Pay attention to me. I'm explaining to you why this needs to be done. Do it'll, it'll, it'll mean more. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, if the emperor of Japan comes and he has his people with him, you speak down to his people. You make his people stay in the second class hotel. You, you put the emperor up here. You... You know what I mean? You don't yeah. put the emperor below the help. And I yeah. was the help. Yeah. I was the help. I was the help and he was the emperor. And it's like, it, it, historically speaking, I'm the one who should lose because I am not championship level yet. He's a multi-time world champion in every promotion in the world. He's, he's the figurehead of two companies in Japan, All Japan and New Japan. He's beaten every super... He's beaten Ric Flair, beaten Hulk Hogan. He's beaten... Um, the Von Air, he's beaten there. There's nobody he hasn't beaten. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you can't beat him. You can't get a midget, little fucking Juventud Guerrera, to pin the greatest heavyweight of all time 
on television. It it does not. It's not right. Yeah, he's not be, just called Muta. He's be, called the Great Muta. <laughs> yeah, be, pin me, pin me, pin me, pin me, and they wouldn't do it. Oh man. So, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll be honest. I, I need to go and watch some Muta matches because I've seen. Obviously, I've seen Muta. I know, but I've never been hugely familiar. And it, it's a guy who I, I thoroughly and obviously listening to you as well. It's a guy that I need to go and watch a lot of Muta matches. Um, yeah, you should watch watch the earlier ones where he's not as injured and he's so agile. Yeah, and the new the new Japan stuff with Hase uh, is is you know some of them are like fifty five zero matches you know fifty minutes and it's just the story they tell it's it's it makes you be a fan. Yeah. Mm. Well, what we'll to do that tonight? That, that's I'm, our viewing for tonight. I'm the, same with, I'm the same as Jamie. It's a name you hear every single like you'll hear it often in wrestling. If you're having a discussion with somebody, the name will come up, the Great Muter, and it's one that I've kind of neglected for whatever reason. Just haven't had the time to look into. And it's somebody I know if I watch, I'll be a fan of. And yeah, he's he he means to wrestling what Johnny Saint means to wrestling. Where you're from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, okay. yeah. He, he, he's just. That's the guy that you use as the exact. You're either going to be worse or better, but that's the one you need to train to be like. Yes. He's that guy. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm already thinking, you know, before we even start to wrap this up, we need to get. We need to do. We need to do the actual occult podcast at some point. It's in my head now. I just keep thinking of ideas while we're talking. We need to get up the a podcast. Talk about occult, paranormal, whatever you want to talk about. We'll do it because I'm motivated to do it now. Yeah, and yeah I think we should do it uh, like a like a, a week a weekly thing or every two weeks. We should definitely yeah, make it a thing. Uh, I've got, I got what, free time. I want to. I want to <laughs> get over to your country and wrestle. But I don't have any contacts with any promoters, so I hope that they watch this podcast. And hey, uh, we, I, we've got I hope, I hope we have contacts ourselves, so yeah, we, we, we will do what we can. We'd love to see you here too. Like with, with your permission, we'd happily. I want to. I want to come and spend time there. I don't want to be like all the Americans, just fly in, do one show, and yeah. leave. I want to come and spend some time. I want to learn. I want to teach. I want to coexist. I want to experience, and I want to be a part of it. So, if there's any promoters that are interested, I, uh, sure I would love to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, and I don't just speak for ourselves. I'm sure it's uh, we do a we do this podcast with quite a few people who I'm sure would love to see you here. There's fans we've spoken to you about you coming on the show who have been excited about you coming on. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, there, there's been a lot of interest. Like we don't usually um, hype the interviews too much because. Sometimes you, you can't always guarantee the interview will happen for whatever reason. But with this one, we wanted to do like a few teaser videos and we did we did a few teaser graphics with and everyone's just been saying, Oh cool, you've got Vampiro coming on. So we know for a fact there's people here who would like to see you here. So if we can't can make, wait. do it, man, because And hopefully eventually, you know, if you make it to our neck of the woods as well, I would invite you to my lodge uh, for a lodge <laughs> meeting. That's why I want to stay some time so I can yeah. see the lodges, I can see the churches, I can spend some time with the people. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of England for the alternative music and everything like that. So I, I, I don't want to come over there for one or two shows. I'd stay if we yeah, could yeah. work it out, you know, and, and put my time in. 
you know, I, I would just, I would love to. I would love to. What I've always loved about going to the states is every state is different. It's like every state has its own culture, and yep. I've been to maybe eleven states at the moment, but every single state I've been to has been different, and that's what I love about traveling is, like you said, what learning when you go there, seeing the sights, the people, getting involved in almost like living as if you live there for a bit. And yep. you come back yep. with, with new experiences, you think differently. And I think traveling really does open up the, the brain, like your imagination. 100%, man. It's the only way to live. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I can't imagine not wanting to travel. Like, <laughs> but we, we, would, we would love you over here. I absolutely love you. And again, like I said, I would love if you... We're in a little city called... Have you heard of Yorkshire? Yep. Yeah, we're in Yorkshire. We're in a city called Hull, uh, Kingston upon Hull. Um, okay. And there is a few uh, companies around our area. So if you ever met it this way, like I said, um, I'd take you to my lodge, uh, to a lodge meeting if you was ever interested. Ask him about your Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I'm going to ask you, if you don't mind me, because I ain't even told Callum this yet, but I had a text message off my dad because I mentioned you was coming on. Cause my dad's a big wrestling fan as well, believe it or not, and he, he'll watch it with me when he comes around. And okay. Yeah. I'm sorry to ask you this because, you know, but... He said, ask him what it was like working with Hulk Hogan. So I've got to ask you from my dad. What, what were your thoughts on Hogan? It was great. It was yeah. great. Uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I mean, it's, it's Hulk Hogan, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. It's, it was, it was uh, mind-blowing. I felt I was very humbled because, uh, I mean, if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, wrestling wouldn't be where it's at today, period. Yeah. Right. And to be in the ring with 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 the greatest of all time for a lot of reasons, maybe not technically, maybe whatever the fuck. But you can put together all the stars in the world today. And in five minutes, you're not going to remember three of their names, but mm -hmm. you're always going to remember Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I was in there with the king and uh, that was awesome. I, yeah. My, my dad even I mean, my dad has a Hulk Hogan mustache. Yeah, he does. I mean, so, he, he does. so it's like, oh, ask him about Hogan. I was like, all right, I will. But thank you on yeah. behalf of my dad. But, you know, but no problem. You know, whatever you think of Hogan, it is true. You know, he put wrestling on the map. Yeah, it's a, it's a true story. We've got a, a random bullshit question we ask everybody. Being from Yorkshire, we have to <laughs> ask everybody: Have you ever tried the Yorkshire pudding? Yes. Do you like them? No. Oh, <laughs> hey, one out of two in, bud. You've heard of it. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's just not my thing. No, that's cool, man. No. Uh, when, I, when, I, when, I come, when I come over there, I'm, uh, I go to a chipper. I oh, yeah. any chipper. And uh, just my Guinness, and I'm good with that. Yeah. So you like, you like your fish and chips? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Here's, a, here's a story for you. My next door neighbor owns a fish and chip shop. And as actually says to me, whenever I want fish and chips, to give her a knock on the door. So there you go. When, yeah. when, <laughs> make yourself this way, dude. There's free fish and chips for us. And I'm sure you've got some Guinness in the fridge. I've so. got. I, have, I actually have got Guinness in the fridge. Yes. Then yeah. I'll, I, I would be there tonight if I could. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I haven't lived here very long, and I was talking to her, and she actually said, "Oh, because she saw I had my wet badge on. Obviously, I'm in NHS at the hospital." She's like, "Oh, I own the chip shop down the road. Do you ever want fish and chips? Just knock on my door." So we're doing that tonight, right? Yeah, we're going to go knock on the door. <laughs> yeah. So, still, there's, there's fish and chips for you. There's a fridge full of Guinness. 
And we'll, we'll bang on some great Muta matches. We'll make a night of it. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's awesome. We, we would love you in the UK, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm, we, I'm hoping to get over there. I'm hoping. Yeah. Hoping. Well, we, we will try our best as well. We, we'll, we'll reach out to people as well. Definitely. Thank you. And Thank you. Before we start wrapping things up, I always like to ask is, is there anywhere we can buy your merchandise online or anything? Or is there anywhere we can support you on the internet? What can we do for you? Yes. Uh, I will have an online store next weekend it launches. Right. Because I'm, I'm using, I have a TV show that I just finished recording. It's a talk show. Uh, cool. And we're, annou- we're announcing it next week. So when we announce that, I want to take advantage of that announcement and announce my store. So the store, the online store is coming. When it's up, I'll send you a link and you can see what's yeah, up. There's right. so cool. yeah, yeah, some really cool stuff. Next week, yeah. Excellent. That's fine. Excellent. Awesome. And is there anything else you'd like to plug, like your social medias? Or do you not give a shit about that? <laughs> yeah, actually, um, you know, the Facebook, I, I do a lot of live interactions with the fans. It's just Vampiro. There's a blue check there. It's the only one, yeah. Vampiro. Um, I'm really dedicating almost all of my time to helping people with mental health issues. I'm doing a lot of, like, I'm a professional life coach and a professional public speaker. Awesome. So w- when I go do wrestling shows, I always, which is why I said I'd like to stay because I, would come to wrestle, but I would also try to do speaking events, you know, much like Henry, Henry Rollins does, you know, the public, uh, the spoken word performances. I do that. Yeah. Um, I'm very, very much into it. So if a promoter contacts me, I always tell them this is what I can do. And this is what I would like to do. So I, I don't just come to wrestle because I, I can't do what I did 30 years ago, but I'm still Vampiro. But as yeah. a public speaker and, and all the other things, um, it makes sense. You influence people, you do good things. So my motive of continuing with wrestling is just that, to help people. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Like, that's, that's the best Especially thing. with mental health. It's yeah. something that so many people struggle with, and it's an invisible illness. You're not always going to know who has mental health issues. And I think I speak for us all when I say we, we support it as much as we can, and it's really cool to see you doing that too, using 100%. your platform to help however you can. That's great. Yes, sir. And I guess we'll, we'll definitely be in touch. And who knows, next time you see us three together, Vampiro, Jamie, and Callum, it might be on the Occult Podcast. So definitely watch this space. And thank you so much for joining us, taking the time to be with us today. Um, thank you. Pleasure talking to you. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, exactly what Callum said, man. It's, it's been a pleasure. It's, I, I'll be honest with you, I marked out. When, when you replied <laughs> to me, I was marking out. I was like, Callum. Callum, I was like, it's been an absolute honour. Um, and not just from a wrestling standpoint, you are a genuinely wonderful, kind human being. Yeah, it's really appreciate you. your time. We, I'd have been happy even if we didn't touch on wrestling today. Just called to talk to you about random shit. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> kind of. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, awesome. Yeah. We'll, definitely, uh, we'll make it. We'll make it happen. I'm excited. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Say hi to all your fans. Tell those fucking promoters not to be so cheap and to get a hold of me. And uh, <laughs> let's do the podcast, man. Let's have some fun. Hell yes. Hell yes. Thank you, man. All right. Thank you. you guys have fun. You too, man.